Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, we are discussing your feedback. Just, just you, just you guys, All and how much guys. we love you. Also, a little Disney Plus discussion. A little hey, Disney hey, Plus discussion because that's not you know, too spoilery. <laughs> oh, you don't want to spoil too much up top. <laughs> <laughs> All that road of that we have no control over. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall. Jeff Randall, uh, how's it going, buddy? Man, you got to calm down on those spoilers right at the top. I know. You normally go way more in depth. I was just trying nah, to... Nah, man, it's a teaser. You got to you gotta give them a sample. Give, give them a sample. <laughs> First <laughs> taste is free. Okay. Then okay. they got to pay. Right. I was just trying to give them a taste, not just a general word you were giving them a whole feast oh uh, all right you're, that's fair that's fair <laughs> uh, this is my fault uh well as we like to do once a month uh normally closer to the beginning of the month but because of craziness uh and uh special episodes and things we're just now going to do it and i just want to thank all of our patrons that joined our patreon in august uh we have fergus wallace joining our patreon page thank you so much fergus gail hartle road uh hey gail hey gail she joins us for the trivia often thank you so much gail for joining the patreon um eric gagnon i think that's ganyan ganyan sorry eric i am horrible at reading uh eric also has one of the best uh picture avatar or whatever you want to call it profile pictures it just says 2020 sucks yes he does that's good uh j scotty st Clair joining our patreon j scotty for real who who also joins us for trivia thanks man and uh up in his pledge we got uh connor cook so thank you so much guys for all uh contributing to the patreon even more uh and and up in your pledges and new pledges and those really are helping us out a lot to keep the show growing and keep the whole network growing so thank you thank you thank you and to keep matt fed Uh, yeah 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 (laughs) it's uh it's uh, it's 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 rough out here in these streets. Um, <laughs> See, I was just thinking that you need to um, you need to write a book called "Life in the Time of COVID," but mm-hmm. it's rough out here in the streets. It's probably better. That's a better title. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think it's been used before though. It's a, it's a better title, and it's like you know, it's more fitting of like my personal brand. Yep. Yep. Better out here in these streets. Uh, <laughs> Well, uh, we, we were going to just uh, kind of give our main discussion today about this Disney Plus stuff. Uh, I think you had you'd read some articles on what happened with Milan because uh, they've dropped it on Disney Plus last week. Uh, Steve Abramowitz wrote in and said, guys, is it time to start to a petition to get Disney to release Black Widow on Disney Plus? Uh, question mark, question mark, exclamation point. Um and uh, I guess I guess like we, we saw some Mulan news. Like, what what are you thinking? Like, you, you, what what's going on in the Milan verse? <laughs> the Milan verse. Um, I've seen mixed reviews because uh, you know that's like that sort of news is my jam. Where you know we get to speculate the hell out of it um, because you know Milan coming to Disney Plus uh, in the premiere access for thirty bucks was kind of the benchmark for like that was the uh we'll call it a smoke test even right because they're they're seeing what the market has for them and it kind of sucks that they put it up for 30 bucks because that's a lot of money for a watch it once and that's it kind of situation for a rental sure even if it is a 24-hour rental like 30 bucks for a rental you're probably gonna watch it 
twice at most. If you think about going to the movies, though, I mean, I spend 30 bucks every time I go to the movies, especially if you're, you know, have you have a date, especially even more so if you have kids. So I, I don't see it as a problem, honestly. Like I, I, I understand that. I mean, like it's like, it's a lot for me right now. I was about to say I know so not everyone has money, but I'm like it's a lot even for me right now. But like, uh, I say even for me. Like normally I'm a baller, but yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, but with that thirty, with that more than thirty dollars that you usually spend going to the theater, you also get the theater experience. You know, you get sure. the big screen, the comfy seats. If your theater has that. You know, the the premium sound, the whole the whole thing is what you get for that. Like I can go, you know, I can go to the couch and watch Netflix for you know, 15 bucks a month or whatever it is, mm-hmm. like any old day and having to pay an extra $30 to one time watch a movie is kind of bonkers. Yeah, but I think this I think it's still the main draw of a movie theater is the movies themselves. Like, sure. Uh, sure, you get comfy, comfy recliner, heated seats, and you can get uh, a, a nice big screen and good sound if you go to the right theater. But for a long time now, the screens at home have been getting better. The sound at home has been getting better, and our, you know, you you can have a comfy seat at home. You know, you probably have a comfort even more. Com- you're probably more comfortable at home. You don't have to wear pants. You can watch a brand new movie and not wear <laughs> pants. You know, like there's, there's a lot of reasons I think this works. Um, I don't think, and I, you know, most of the time it's just me and my girlfriend. So it's only two people. And I still think we would probably pay $30 to watch this, um, on, on that service. It's interesting. It's that much, uh, especially, and you have to have Disney plus as well. Correct. Yep. Man. Yeah. You have to have Disney plus, you have to have a, an account, uh, and then you have to pay an extra $30 on top of that to watch Mulan. Wow. I watched Bill and Ted uh, face the music last week for Bingers Assemble, and it it was 20 bucks to rent or 25 bucks to buy. And it's a brand, you know, same thing, day of release. So right. I thought I thought that I thought the 25 bucks to buy was like kind of a crazy good deal um, because <laughs> Yeah, you remember back, if you remember back in the day, like they would put a movie on theaters. You could go see it in theaters, and then they would release it to like a specialty Eight market later. Well, they they release it like to only certain markets, and you could only buy it for like eighty dollars. Do you remember that? I don't remember that. Okay, so what it was is they had the specialty market that basically only applied to like rental stores. And it would open up to rental stores before it would open up to the general public for purchase. And it was a way of right. keeping rental stores open, but you could buy some of those through certain certain ways. You could buy those, but they were like eighty dollars for a ta- for like whatever a VHS tape, um, and then they would come down to like retail price or whatever. Yeah. And you know, th- being able to buy for twenty five dollars on Amazon and something you can watch forever on any device you have is like kind of awesome. Like I thought that was a really great deal. But yeah, Mulan yeah. for 30 bucks when you can't do that is is not as good a deal. Yeah, and I think a lot of people were put off, like, not just because of the $30, but also because uh, it's going to be free on Disney Plus on December 4th anyway. So, like, three months later, you know, if you can just wait three months, then you get the movie for free. Yeah. Or, you know, free in quotes, because you still have to have a Disney Plus account. Sure. Yeah, that's fair. I... I guess I'm not too put off by that. I like watching a new movie when it's new out when I can, but yeah, I, again, Mulan is probably not the one though. I don't know. We were sitting on the couch the other night and we almost watched Mulan and then my girlfriend 
uh, made me aware of the fact that her and her sister promised to watch it together in a few months. <laughs> so she's got to wait. Um, or they're, they're going, on, <laughs> we're going on a beach trip and they decided they're going to watch it on the beach trip together. Cause I guess they liked it when they were kids. Um, so, so we did not, but, uh, yeah, but yeah, I, so premiere access, I guess it just depends on, so should they do black widow this way is really the question we're asking here. Yeah. That's what we're, that's what we're headed toward is the question of will not even will, but should black widow come out this way? Hmm. Do you want to see it this way? Do you want to see it at home on a, on a screen or do you want to see it in a theater? Matt, I wanted to see it this way five months ago. <laughs> you mean uh, you would have taken it on Disney Plus five months ago? Yes. Yeah, that'll actually be the annoying part is if they do it on Disney Plus after they delayed it six months so they could do it in theaters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's kind of annoying for sure. <laughs> yep. They're like, oh, we'll hold off. We'll hold off. We want that big movie theater time release. Like, they've put so much money into the MCU and they've gotten so much money out of it. I think that this one can, it can be released on Disney Plus. It's fine. But I'm not a Disney executive. Right. But it's not just the executives. Often, like, the creative, the creative team has a back end. Like, I'm sure, you know, Scarlett Johansson, after her, like, w- 10 years of work on these projects, like, she probably gets some sort of back end on this thing. And it's like, it kind of sucks for her. And also, it'll be a... <laughs> It, it, it sucks because all of this stuff, the, there's just going to be this big asterisk around 2020. It's just like, well, I, when they look at doing another female superhero movie with Marvel, it's like, well, that Black Widow didn't do very well. Like, yeah, it was in the middle of COVID. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, but Captain Marvel did good. Uh, I, yeah, I, I don't remember the numbers on Captain Marvel, but I'm sure it did. They all do well. Uh, Captain Marvel worldwide did $1.1 billion. Right. That's a not that many go over that 1 billion mark. Yeah. So, so pretty good. Female led superhero movie that we thought was, you know, mostly okay, still did really good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just saying like people people try to extrapolate things out and it's just like time of covid you just can't at all. Like you can't yeah. can't extrapolate anything from these numbers and yeah, I have no idea what the numbers are going to be like for these like on-demand situations and Mulan and stuff. Hmm. Just don't know, man. I guess my answer is I think they should. I think they should. If I had to like make the call, I think they should do it. Uh, mostly because I don't think they should put it off anymore. This is just going to delay the entire MCU, the whole storyline. All these things they're waiting to put out like can't come out until this one comes out. And they're just like all sitting on their hands. And we don't get any content. And yeah, I, I agree with your sentiment that like they've made a lot of money. Like get do this. If you have to, if you had to put this on Disney Plus for free for just getting more subscribers to Disney Plus, do that, you know? Yeah. Hell, just make it 20 bucks. And, you know, like that's a lot more palatable than 30 bucks for Mulan. Yeah. You know, 20 bucks for Black Widow. Or make it 50 and or 60 and you can watch it as many times as you want till you know you get you get it for, yeah. forever on disney plus yeah like 60 dollar purchase cool yeah i'll take that me too i, I would i would buy a 60 dollar black widow right now if there's anybody on the street with dvds out in these tough streets selling dvds <laughs> bootleg dvds I would, I would probably purchase that you're looking for like 
<laughs> the Luke Cage kid. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, I got, I got all the DVDs. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's funny. I, you know, I would, I would pay sixty bucks. That's fine. Just you know the. The Marvel content that we have, like, we had Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 7. That was good. That was really, really good. But it's gone now. We've got the video game, Marvel's The Avengers. It's really good. Really good. I love the hell out of it. I have an active battle with myself every day where I'm like, I don't need to be playing that game. I have to do my laundry. <laughs> like, I have to do all of these other things. I can't be playing that game right now. It's, I, I'm kind of addicted to flying around with Mjolnir. But, like, we have been looking forward to this Black Widow movie for a long time. Well, and we just love the MCU. We, we love Marvel, like, in general, uh, clearly. We're, What's our podcast name again? We we are playing these. Uh, we're playing this Avengers game a bunch, and like I'm I'm loving it. Um, but uh, we we're here to talk about the MCU, and like I miss it a lot. I miss forward movement in the MCU. So I really really would like them to bring it back. <laughs> Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, we admit we love the MCU. <laughs> Sorry, sorry. It's been a long, I, I know I'm breaking all your brains. Long time coming. <laughs> we finally, after after almost 500 episodes, we finally come to terms with the fact that we do like this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we finally, answer the question we've been answering, trying to answer all this time. Yep, the the one on everyone's mind. Jeff just thinks it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff's a real, uh, real tough customer. <laughs> he's a, he's the, a hard sell. The psychology of like doing 500 episodes about this thing and not liking it. Um, we often talk about that actually when we're talking about starting new podcasts and stuff. It's like we want to do things that we actually really like, you know. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, the I there there are podcasts that hate watch things, but that's not really our style. It's not what we we're not here to do that. Yeah, we're uh, we're all about the love over here. Yeah, it, well, I mean, and we'll 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 try our best to be fair to things and tell them tell it when we think it's bad. But like, I don't want to cover. Why would I put all the energy into covering something that I don't enjoy? You know? Yeah, I don't like putting all that negativity out into the world. Yeah, because I I put enough negativity out there with talking about DC. I almost made a DC joke when you said, um, you know, we don't hate watch things around here. I was going to say something like you'd have to be a DC fan to do that or something like that. Yeah. Why? Why? I, let me just say, uh, I, I started, we started uh, J. Scotty St. Clair, who I mentioned at the top. He just became a patron this, uh, this month. He's actually going to be on a series of episodes for Bingers Assemble where we're covering the DCEU. Um, which I did not invite. Well, actually I did. I did invite you because you know, you're basically have a standing invitation to all bingers episodes, but I figured you would not want to take me up on that. <laughs> but, uh, I watched man of steel last night, uh, in preparation for a podcast I'm recording tonight. And, uh, man of steel is great. Man of steel is really, really good. And I remember liking it when I first saw it. I've only seen it the once in theaters, so like I hadn't seen it since. I really like Man of Steel. Um, I have problems with others of the DCEU, but I think Man of Steel is a really strong start. 
Nah, I disagree. All right, let's 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 indulge a three minute conversation about the Man of Steel. What's your problem? No, we've already had all the conversations. We have not had a Man of Steel conversation. I don't think we have. Okay, well, five years ago or whatever. What's your what's your what's your problem with Man of Steel? (laughs) I've forgotten since then. It's been a long long time. (laughs) What's your what's your problem with Man of Steel? Just in 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 a nutshell. Uh, The problem that I have with Man of Steel is that there's no like real emotional conflict between the villain and hero and or rather the villains and hero and the last half of the movie is just a big destruction porn you know Hmm. slugfest Hmm. where superman is just okay with destroying everything i disagree with that uh i don't i don't know about an emotional conflict it's more of a philosophical conflict and i think that's a valid kind of conflict like their philosophical difference is pretty pretty stark um but also uh and and that destruction stuff is true but like it's pretty epic and pretty amazing and and like like the the graphics and the uh effects are awesome at one when i f- first watched it i really hated the i hated certain parts and i still hate certain parts of it i spoiler alert i really hate how paul kent dies it just drives me nuts yeah uh, we've talked about that a that, lot that we've talked about a lot i know i remember we were talking about that but i still hate that i still think they they it's just dumb it's just it's not that like i don't understand what they were going for emotionally but like it's just dumb like <laughs> su- like not to reiterate this again i know we talked about this like four years ago <laughs> It's okay. It's been a while. Uh, but like, why not just send Clark? Why not just send Clark? I understand why you wouldn't want him to, do to show his powers in front of everyone, but why not just send Clark? And then if the tornado hits him with stuff, he's just like, oh, look, it missed me. Like, why would he run out there when you have an invulnerable son standing there? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Anyway, it's dumb. <laughs> yeah. And even, even letting him die. I just, I really hate that scene. Other than that, though, I think it's really good. And, the emotional nature of the ending of Man of Steel. You talk about this big porn uh, porn fest. I almost said you're talking about this big uh, destruction porn fest, but I actually don't think that. I think it's about it's about Superman choosing Earth and deciding to fight his own people, and then in the end, when he has to kill Zod, it is very emotional. It's that. The moment where he has, he's an alien. He has no one that he like connects with. He's wanted to know where he came from his whole life. And then Krypton is right there. All his people are in front of him and they're nothing but in, but like enemies of the people that he loves. And so he has to fight them. And in the end, when he has to kill Zod, he's killing the last hope he has at like family and someone similar to him. And it's really, really emotional. Anyway, (laughs) I didn't feel that way. Yeah, I get that. I get that. I know you didn't. I just, I like, and it's been a while since I saw it and I, I hated so many, some, some major elements of it. So like for a long time, I kept saying I didn't like it, but after rewatching it, I was like, you know what? Some of those elements that I thought I hated were misconceptions that I had. And, uh, while I, who knows I'm doing a rewatch. Maybe I'll like BVS more than I thought it too. I've only watched all these movies once because I didn't really like them the first time, but maybe on a second viewing, I'll enjoy them more. Or maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm dragging you down whenever we talk about them. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Well, no, I, I, I always liked certain elements in Man of Steel, so I wasn't surprised that I liked Man of Steel. Uh, it's more that like some of the problems that I had with it, like one of the big problems I had with it was why are they trying to hide him so much? 
Like I thought that was yeah. dumb. But on a rewatch, and and this is not, it's not even hidden. I just didn't really remember. And it, like I said, I've only seen it once. But the the whole thrust of hiding him is not about hiding him. It's a it's not about protecting him. It's about protecting the world from the knowledge of him. They don't think the world is ready, which is like yep. kind of an esoteric thing for a small farm family to feel. And <laughs> so, so like, I don't know why you'd go as far as like the world isn't ready for to know about your powers. So I'm willing to die for it. That it seemed more like he's trying to protect his son, which is what I always thought, but that's not what they say in the movie. And so I still don't love that, but at least it's not the, I don't know, stupidity of trying to protect him just to protect him. I don't know. It's just not a Superman action to watch your father die to protect yourself. Like I just like, I can't, I can't get get behind that as a, as a characterization of Superman. Yeah. Other than that, the movie is pretty strong, pretty dang strong. And the Krypton stuff is fucking imaginative and beautiful. It's really, really, really pretty. Okay. I'm glad you found some joy in it. I did. I did. Okay. We need to go to Senegal. What's Senegal? I, it's a country, Matt. God. <laughs> like, I know it's a country, but like, what's the... <laughs> what's in Senegal? Why did that connect? Uh, it's it's a it's a, an article... Rather, it's related to an article that I just scrolled down to see the headline on. Uh, Akon is the R&B singer Akon is commencing construction on his six billion dollar project, Akon City, in Senegal, and Akon City is going to be a real life version of Wakanda. Wow, that's six billion dollars. That's insane. That's insane. It's, kind of crazy. Akon can't have $6 billion, right? That's got to be some other investors and stuff. <laughs> I don't like, know. I know he had a couple of hits in like the 2000s, but like, I can't imagine he has that many billions. Okay, well, let's jump into feedback. <laughs> I think we landed on, yes, Disney Plus should do. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. But we, we, yeah. I think. For several reasons. I think 20 or 30 bucks for a rental is fine. And I think 60 or 70 to keep it would be fine. I really just, I just need the content more than anything. Yeah. I want it now. <laughs> now. Now. Uh, let's see. So you want to get into feedback? Yeah, let's do it, man. So OA4 had us on Twitter said, Adam, so you cast him psyched that you liked my X-Men movie idea. I had it in mind that the whole no more mutants thing would have happened when Wanda was a little girl and before Iron Man one to avoid most of the MCU being retconned in any major way. Uh, I hope you enjoy playing the Avengers game. Uh, we are enjoying playing the Avengers game. We uh, are. We're about to start playing it on stream together once we finish the story mode. And I'm really excited about that. Uh, yeah, he's talking about his idea that the Avenger or like the X-Men, the no more mutants thing happened before everything that we've seen, basically. And all of the stuff prior to that the mutants did exist and no more mutants has already happened, which is a super cool idea. And the idea that would be that like a Magneto style character would be trying to bring the mutants back in some way. Yeah. Or like this whole, um, this whole verse that we've seen so far has been kind of a house of M sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But like a slow burn house of M slow burn house of M that would be really neat. I, I really like it. And, uh, and that's a really good idea. And Matthew Rainwater wrote in to, to talk about that. 
Yeah, he did. He said, Plot Twist 084 is a screenwriter for Marvel and is dropping movie ideas on your podcast. <laughs> We've known for a while that a screenwriter, one or more screenwriters listen to this podcast. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, we wouldn't ideas. predict everything the way we do. Yeah, they steal our ideas all the time. Yeah, they do. I, I just wish they would credit us. You know, like in the credits, just be like, thank you, Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. Man, That's if, all I want. If our name got in the credits of a Marvel movie, that would be... That would that would that would be like an accomplishment of my life. Yeah, right. Could die happy. Yeah. What can I do for a Marvel movie? I guess maybe I could write a song that could be fitting of a Marvel movie sometime. I'll, I'll get you could. To, I'll get to work on that. Okay. It'll probably come off your Black Widow album. Yeah. How badass would that be? <laughs> oh man, if like if one of the characters. Oh man, what if one of your songs ends up on on the Zune? Oh, that is too, that is, that would be, that would, that would be the best, but it wouldn't be able to be on the Zune because all the Zune songs are going to be of that era. So he has to, he has to get like another upgrade before he finds a Matthew Carroll song. <laughs> Wait, you didn't put Matthew Carroll songs out before Zune came out? Mm, it's like not, 2006. Not in digital form, but, uh, okay. well, yeah, that's not true. No, yeah. Not in digital form, actually. I think the most uh, 2000 well i guess 2005 2006 my first ep came out with my other band but there was no matthew carroll it was only little pieces of me which was my first band way back in the day oh shit i have that shirt yeah i was thinking the other day i might uh little piece of me is a band that i was in years and years ago and i still have one of our eps around the house actually i have stacks of them because i still have leftover merch uh, I thought about taking one of the CDs and uploading it onto Spotify and just like surprising the guys and being like, Hey guys, remember this? <laughs> We're on Spotify now. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be neat. That would be fun. Might, yeah, I, I may yeah. have to do that. So, uh, Peter Quill connects to Spotify because he talks to Peter Parker about music, right? Yeah. 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 And Peter, Peter Parker's like, dude, that's, Dumb. <laughs> what is a Zune? Get that out of here, Grandpa. <laughs> Nobody downloads music anymore. Also, no one okay. pays for music anymore. <laughs> they just listen to all the ads. <laughs> Actually, I'm I'm just kidding. A lot of people were very kind and supported the Indiegogo this week and did pay for music, and I really appreciate you guys. Thank you, thank you, thank oh, you. Yeah. Thank you. When am I getting my uh, my music video? Um, well, I've got to finish the actual album. It, it said on the thing like six months or so is when I'm going to start releasing those. But like, mm. I don't know. It just depends on when I have a minute, basically. So, so like tomorrow? Yeah, yeah, sure. Tomorrow. Thanks. Well, here's the thing. So like a bunch of people. <laughs> thank you very much, by the way. Uh, Jeff contributed at the uh, make a cover music video uh, level. And I'm going to do that. The thing is, like, I could do I could do them in, like, an afternoon. I could knock out, like, six of them, but they won't be as good. But if I take a minute, I can actually, like, make a good one for everybody. And that's what I'm hoping to do. Um, you know, I don't want to really to just be, like, a camera facing me playing acoustic. I want to, like, do something fun with it if I can. It, yeah, it'd just be fun to make some, make some music videos and dedicate them to people who gave. That'd be fun. Okay. So... That uh, that song that I requested is the song that we walked down the aisle to. Oh, so maybe a montage of our wedding pictures. 
Oh yeah, we can do that. We can do that. Uh, when's like when's a good time for that? Do you have an anniversary or something coming up? Ah, uh, yeah, actually, twelve ten. Okay, well, I might can get it done before then. Anyway, we'll talk about this off cast. But yeah, that's that's really sweet. Yeah, it's personal. I can definitely. I can definitely get that, make that happen. I think twelve twelve is far enough away that I can I can find some good time to do that. Sweet, but I like it. <laughs> so Karen's Wallace said at MCU cast, guys, what do you think of Carl Urban as Ghost Rider? I definitely think he has the grit and gravitas to pull off this role. I think he has the grit and gravitas, but he's already uh, what's that guy's name? The guy in Scourge. Scourge. He's already the Scourge. So I don't know if he could be. Uh, I don't know if he could be. We've never had someone play two roles, uh, you know, in the movies, at least. They, we've had people cross the TV to the movies, but I don't think we've had anyone play two roles in the movies. I think we have. Yeah, actually, uh, Gemma, Gemma Chan. Uh, she was Minerva and is going to be Cersei Interesting. in the Eternals. Wait, who's, who's Minerva? In Captain Marvel. Uh, okay. The the Cree lady that was like the sniper or whatever. Okay, cool. I am unaware. <laughs> Clearly. Yeah, and, and we've had a... Obviously, there's some notable exceptions to that. Uh, there's also the... Oh, gosh, what is it? Peter Quill? Is it Peter Quill's mom? Was played played a, a, a lady in... A, oh, in Captain America. Captain America. Yeah. One of Captain America's fans or something like that. Yeah, in the first movie. Yeah, so there's there's there, there are some small ex- very small exceptions, but Scourge was a pretty big part of Thor Ragnarok, so I feel like <laughs> yeah, Des and Troya. <laughs> he also wasn't in a big outfit or anything. Oh, uh, he was, but he wasn't in a. He, you could tell it was Carl Urban. That's what I'm saying. So I guess right. I guess there maybe there wasn't a bunch of makeup. Yeah, I guess maybe if he then played a character in a bunch of makeup, it might make sense. But Ghost Rider, at least you know, without when he's not flame on. Uh, Hey, looks, now looks like a normal person, I think, right? You calm down with all that flame on. Flame it's not on. Ghost Rider. I just, I don't know that he could necessarily pull off blonde. Oh, you see, I don't, I don't really care if he's blonde. I, I know, I know it's sure, I'm sure it's controversial, but <laughs> I just, I want Robbie Reyes back. I want the Robbie Reyes that we had in, in the show in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. back. I would love that. Uh, I think he was great. I don't know if he has the gravitas to carry a movie or not but i i mean i'm definitely up for like i don't, I think he was great on that show but i don't know if he's you don't know if he's movie material yeah i don't know i mean maybe 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 mm-hmm. i haven't i haven't seen it i haven't seen that i feel like his acting on that show was like good but it wasn't like it wasn't carl urban good it wasn't the boys good you know like the boys are like <laughs> is it, it like it was abc television good not prestige television good if that makes sense like it was fun to watch and i enjoyed the character but i, I feel like i could uh they could take it i i'd like to see him in something before i'd say like yeah give him ghost rider the movie right but i don't know maybe 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 i'm totally wrong maybe he's probably been in other stuff that he like dug a little deeper on he has, he has. I think it's also been a couple of years since we've seen um, that particular pod and or season. Yeah. And maybe I'm overinflating how great it was. Maybe you're misremembering underinflating how great it was. I don't know. That is totally We should go possible. back and watch that pod again. Yeah, that whole season. I, so someone uh, wrote in and asked us about the possibility of doing some various... 
I think it was Marshall possibly, um, wrote in about like us doing some breakdowns of like, like some shield, like best moments in shield, things like that. Like an episode on those kinds of things. And I think that'd be fun, but I, th- I think it'd be fun to do with like, um, everybody, like, like get everybody to write in what their favorite moments were and talk about them. Be fun. It could be good. Gabriel Luna was apparently in uh Terminator Dark Fate, which I never saw. I'd like to see, but I never saw. Oh yeah, he was a uh, Terminator, I think. He, he was, was one of the Terminators or the new Terminator. It appears he was. The bad guy. Yeah. Science Matters on Twitter said, Hey guys, rewatching all of Chadwick Boseman's Marvel movies, and it's just so much more emotional than I expected. He was an absolute force. He was the perfect person to portray Black Panther. Wakanda forever. He really was a force. Um, I think I didn't give him as much credit when I first watched Black Panther. I've notably said that I thought that he was the uh, least interesting of the characters in that. I still still hold to that. I think he's like the least stylish. I don't know what that word I'm looking for. He's like the least eccentric maybe is the word I'm looking for. Um, but he like, he grounds that movie with that emotion, the emotional weight and, and strength of his playing T'Challa. And since then I've gone back and watched, uh, 42 and get on up in the last couple weeks. And they are just freaking amazing. They're really, really great movies. Yeah. The guy was pretty freaking incredible. Yeah, for sure. Super, super big loss for everybody. He's just, he's. He's a really great actor and a really great guy, it seems. Yep. Uh, let's see. Next up, Ducati Metcalf hit us on Twitter. Adam, you cast him way behind on pods, but thoughts on Avengers as food? A thread. <laughs> Cap equals obviously a bacon cheeseburger, no lettuce or tomato. Tony, obviously a hot dog. Bruce, broccoli. Clint, long grain white rice. <laughs> Natasha, sushi, Thor, Broadwurst. Interesting. Those are some interesting decisions. They're very, uh, yeah, I like it. I like it. I'm kind of curious as to why Cap as a, well, no, I know why Cap is a bacon cheeseburger. It's because right. super American. Yeah, right? so it's, it's American very American. And Bruce is broccoli, green, you know, green and green, but like, why Tony is a hot dog? Why is that obvious? I think maybe because it's kind of the opposite of the of it's the opposite of Captain America, kind of like hot dogs and hamburgers. Like they're the two big stars of American food, <laughs> but it's also like a lot more morally ambiguous. <laughs> how how so? <laughs> you just don't want to know what goes into a hot dog, you know. And sometimes you don't want to know what goes what's what's happening under the surface with Tony. <laughs> I mean, it could be that a hot dog is a very sexual food, potentially. I guess. Because it's. I don't know. think of hot dogs as sexual. I mean, yes. Is it because Tony's a wiener? <laughs> all he does is. Or wing, he thinks wing, wing. with his. Yeah. That, that's or all. used to. That's I don't all. Know. Those are all possible. <laughs> but I, why sushi for Natasha? Uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, I mean, it's healthier. I guess then the other meats here. Yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of discussion that has to go into this. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. This is still a thing though. Like I like it as people catch up on the podcast, they slowly like send in these 
uh, Avengers is food thing. <laughs> All right. Nathaniel Mlenar says, I do not want Zac Efron to play the Human Torch. I do want him to play Wolverine, probably because of this beard. Is it just me? And he sent a picture of Zac Efron in his new Netflix series. And he physically looks like he could probably be Wolverine. Yeah, I would agree with that. Physically in that picture and and, and in general, I think that he could play a Wolverine. He has a very like uh, imposing physique, very kind of squat and like muscular um but uh but man i i don't like him very much i don't know why i hate to say it (laughs) just like generally find his acting hard to connect with does that make sense okay i don't know did you watch did you watch his portrayal of ted bundy no i have not watched that i actually had this exact conversation with uh, nathaniel on twitter because i was like so in the portrayals I've seen him play since he's been an adult, I don't like him in anything. And I feel like you really weirdly, you need a really likable actor to play Wolverine because he's not likable. So you have to have that sort of charisma sort of shine through under the surface, which Hugh Jackman did very well. Um, it's really hard to envision that with uh, Zach for me. I don't know, but I'm, I, that may just be me. I don't find him, uh, particularly likable. I just think he's not gruff enough as a, as a person in voice, in stature, yeah. whatever. That's all, I that's think all that, very fair. I think that he could very, very easily do a Cyclops. Yeah. If we're talking X-Men. Yeah. I, I actually think that's good casting. It's really good casting. Um, because Cyclops is kind I don't know I don't want to say mean Cyclops things. kind of a dick <laughs> I don't want to say mean things about him and I don't think he's necessarily a dick like I've watched some of that Netflix show um I think he doesn't seem to like be in touch like in that show when he's being himself I also feel like he's being like he feels like a guy who's been a celebrity since he was 15 because he's been a celebrity since he was 15 <laughs> right <laughs> like it feels like a, there's a little bit of like missing touch with the common human emotions or something like the stuff that he finds fascinating on that show. I'm always kind of like, uh, okay. You feel, you feel kind of like you don't interact with people like regular people. (laughs) And that, and that kind of, to me comes through in the performances. And I felt that way a long time before I watched the Netflix show and then I watched the Netflix show. Oh, that's who he actually is. That makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> he's not acting. Oh. Yeah, it's just he's he's a guy who has been famous forever since he's a kid and he doesn't and I, I think he just needs to like tap into some like real real emotional things and I don't know that he has the palette for it at this point in his career, or at least so far. But I haven't seen Ted Bundy. Everyone keeps saying it's great. So you need to watch that. Okay. If you wanna if you wanna see him like really, really tapping into some uh human condition some weird human condition but still human condition it's um crazy to see him do that but um yeah he's okay so if we're talking about if we're talking about x-men like the main thing that i that i would want to say in regard to that whole thing is i have a hot take and that i don't want wolverine in the x-men right away like I don't want to start the X Men in the MCU with Wolverine, right? I don't think they will. 
I think that Wolverine has been the like the crutch really of the series of the of the franchise since the beginning since 2000 yeah since 2000 um you know with good reason on the first two maybe three or at least the first one he's having to learn about the whole thing he brings the audience with him in learning about the whole thing he kind of has that sarcastic attitude that everybody really liked in 2000 so like he was great for that. And then we kind of grew with the character. And when Logan came around, it was just like, Oh my God, Swan song. So great. And it was a really great movie, but like Wolverine is done for now. Let's put him to bed for a little bit and we can come back to him in, you know, several years. Once you've got X-Men established and then we can bring him in. Yeah. Like, like let it, let us be hungry for him. I, I agree with that. I, even if it's just a few years, like let us get some X-Men. Let us light, let us get to where we really like them. And then have that, you know, badass reveal that Wolverine is here now. You know, I, I think you're right. I think you're probably right. And it's just one of those things like give it some time. Like you, right. you're Marvel. You have all of the properties, all these characters that people love and continue to love. You don't have to break out Wolverine. Like you can leave him in the case for a while. <laughs> yep like there's a there's a toy story reference in there somehow like it's like he's the buzz light year and all the things that marvel has had forever that they just haven't made yet like moon knight and things like that are like uh they're like woody it's like come on you haven't played with these in forever yeah like let's go yeah absolutely or or the all the new toys are are the buzz light year all the new things that we haven't even ever really gotten. And it's like, you have these standby favorites that you could keep playing with, but there's new toys out there, people. There's new toys. That's fair. You could get to love them all. You could do the the analogy either way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're very thankful for our sponsor today. We have a returning sponsor, Harry's. Harry's.com. So, Matt, you you have used the, the Harry's stuff for a little bit. I obviously have not with my big beardy face. Yeah. If I were to if I were to want to shave with Harry's uh, using you know their products their service, you say that I could save money. Yeah, man, you could save a lot of money. How how much money could I save in say like a year if I weren't buying like the regular uh, grocery store or or retail store razors? Yeah, you could save yourself enough to buy twenty six cups of New York City coffee. Okay, I'm not in New York. Of enough for three deep dish pizzas in Chicago. I am more of a fan of New York style pizza. Eno- enough to pay six months of Netflix subscriptions. Okay. Yeah, well, that's something I know and pay a lot. Harry's delivers high quality razor blades as low as $2 each, a fraction of the price of the leading brand and saving you hundreds of dollars over time. Okay, but like, how do they shave? They shave so good. They shave so good. Harry's, they shave so good. <laughs> That's their new uh, tagline. Have you heard? Uh, yeah, man, I really do like them a lot. Um, my, uh, I, I do keep a well, well-groomed beard. It's much shorter and, and real trim on the edges. And uh, yeah, it's just my, my, I haven't, I haven't had any kind of like cutting my face situations. Like the, the razors stay sharp a good long while. And uh, the, the best part is that they bring those, um, razor heads right to your door 
So you just keep getting the refills and you keep uh, keep that close shave all the time. Not the don't have to worry about the dull blades because every time, uh, which it takes a while, but every time one gets dulled, you swap it out for the next one. It's wonderful. All right. Well, I'll quit playing the dumb guy. <laughs> you can get your own Harry's trial set delivered directly to your doorstep by going to harrys.com slash MCU podcast. Uh, Harry's is a return to the essentials, you know, quality, durable blades at a fair price, $2 a blade. They've cut out the middleman. They're manufacturing blades in their German blade factory. That's been honing precision blades for a century or more. They're super convenient. They're delivered directly to your door on your schedule with or without a subscription. They've got all your grooming needs covered in one step. You can get blades. You've got hair care. You've got shower products all on harrys.com slash MCU podcast. And just like their blades, Harry's is committed to providing premium products without breaking the bank. That's right. And you can feel a little bit better about your purchase because 1% of the proceeds are set aside for nonprofit organizations devoted to helping provide access to better mental health care for men and veterans. And to help support those who need it most right now, Harry's is donating $1 million worth of shaving supplies to hospitals across the U.S. Because people in hospitals, they're the real heroes of this whole pandemic. And they need our support mm-hmm. and Harry's is doing a good job. Yeah. It's really, really great. Uh, so listeners of this show can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com slash MCU podcast. You'll get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, five blade razor with lubricating strip and trimmer blades, rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. Go to harrys.com slash MCU podcast for this offer. That's harrys.com slash MCU podcast to, uh, you know, get yourself some amazing shaving supplies and support this podcast. How can you beat that? You got to shave Shydra. Shave Shydra. And hail hydrate them blades. <laughs> hail hydrate your face. <laughs> <laughs> rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hail hydrated <laughs> all right well let's get back to the feedback back to feedback <laughs> tom fitzgerald says hi matt and jeff do you guys remember that liam lynch song whatever i think you need to do a parody of that song for either agents of shield or just the mtu in general for all the, all the missed opportunities if you have no idea of the song, I mean, I'm sorry, but keep up the excellent work, gentlemen. Yeah, it's that one. It's like, my United States of whatever. Yep. yep. I was throwing dice in the alley. And Officer Leroy comes up. He's like, hey, I thought I told you. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I think he's getting it like we could do like a, uh, <sighs> you know, that time when you said you were going to connect to that, uh, <laughs> you said you were going to have this really big connection to Age of Ultron, but then you go, whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this one time, this guy got shot and then encased himself uh, in the inhuman cocoon and fell into the bottom of the ocean. Like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Remember that time Runaways met aliens? Oh, and remember of- Runaways? Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Just, Just that, the whole series. The whole series. It's <laughs> <laughs> good. That's good. Yep. And there was this one time we we had shows on Netflix and then they were like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. They built, one time we built some really good characters. They were awesome. And then we said, whatever. <laughs> 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 uh, 
<laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's fine. We're not mad. Some of those complex char- genre characters you'll ever see in a comic book show. And then we say whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, this is my united continuity of whatever. <laughs> my Marvel's... Uh, my Marvel Universe of whatever. Something like that. <laughs> and this is my Marvel Universe of whatever. <laughs> that may be my favorite part of that song. Yeah. We gotta quit stuff. this. This is ridiculous. Well, we did it. We did it. You're, we you're, got there. You're, you're welcome, Tom. We, we wrote it right here on the cast. <laughs> <laughs> and we recorded it, so we're done. Yeah, we did it. <laughs> Just cut, <laughs> splice that and make an MP3. Yep, you're welcome. Put that on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> Little pieces of us. Yeah. <laughs> Reco Chat said random Star Wars question, but honestly, you guys are more qualified to answer it than anyone I know. Ooh, I'm sorry for you, Reco. <laughs> you should, you should, I'm sorry you don't have better friends than you Matt. Should, you should know more, <laughs> no more, no more people, no more Star Wars people. If you think I have the, I'm the most qualified person you know uh, to answer a star wars question Rico says since luke i am your father has become such a staple of today's pop culture i along with what i assume to be the overwhelming majority of my generation early 20s knew the vader twist long before i ever ever even considered watching the movies should this change the order of watching them i sort of feel like that is er, i sort of feel like that it's almost the only story reason to really watch the release order but I'm very intrigued by what some more expert Star Wars people think. As always, a huge fan of the network, and best of wishes to you and yours. Hmm. Thank you, Reco. Um, so this is a very in-depth question that could potentially, especially if we get Matthew Westfox in, could potentially take a long time to answer. Right. But and I, we, 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 I feel like we could give it, give it our, give it our old college three minute try. <laughs> the old college three oops, it's an hour later try. <laughs> Where do we gotta go? <laughs> you got another podcast to record in like forty minutes. Yeah, yeah, but you know, uh, this is this is why we're here, miss. What we do. This is more important. This is, this is what we do, darling. Um, the, oh God, <laughs> sorry. It's one of my favorite lines from uh, Serenity. Like, do you know? She he says, "You know your role in this," and she says, "Do you?" And he goes, "This is what I do, darling." <laughs> and then he looks <laughs> looks down as if he doesn't know what, what he really want, if it's really what he needs to do. I love that movie. Okay, I think the interesting thing about this question, personally, is that if you haven't raised your kids on Star Wars things, which I'm sure you probably will. Like, most people that are, are, are going to care have already seen Star Wars at this point from that generation. But I don't think that Luke, I Am Your Father is penetrating to the next generation in the same way that it did for us. Because we grew up, all of our parents saw that movie when they were, like, 18 or whatever. And, like, that line was in everything forever. And I don't th- that line, while it is very iconic... I don't think of that line as the most iconic thing from my childhood relating to Star Wars because exactly what he's saying here, he already knew, we already knew that going in kind of, you know? So like it wasn't yeah. that shocking to us. So I don't I don't have a strong memory of being shocked by that line and therefore I haven't I haven't spent my whole life 
putting that in everything or whatever, you know, that reference isn't as, it's not nearly, it doesn't carry the weight it used to. And so I think that like, like if you're showing it to someone now, I think you actually might be able to show them and them not know, especially children. Yeah. I think that children, especially if you, if you show it to them in release order, will definitely be surprised by the, the reveal, uh, as compared to like we recently on the, uh, star Wars universe podcast, we've gotten through, um, the prequel trilogy and a new hope at this point and watching the prequel trilogy first and then getting into a new hope completely murders everything about the surprise, everything about the lead up, everything about the, the tension really <laughs> as far as, uh, as far as Darth Vader and just, it felt like felt like Lucas didn't watch his own movie and remember anything about it before making the prequel trilogy. Well, uh, uh, that's that, that's assuming that it was ever supposed to be watched in like episode order instead of uh, instead of release order. Release order. I think it's always meant to be watched in release order. Yeah, probably. Because um, by the time you get to the end of this. Uh, episode three, I guess, would be the sixth movie. You forget all the little things that um, that Obi Wan said in the first movie, because those are the thing, like those are the things that match up the least. Hmm. Like, like what? Well, okay, so he lied outright about um, Vader betraying and killing Anakin, right? Like he lied outright. We know that. That's fine. He was just trying to hide the truth from Luke, trying to, you know, hold his, keep his emotions in check. But like, I would say there's something true to that, that like Vader betrayed himself and well, yeah, in yeah, a way killed I, off the Anakin that, uh, that, that, uh, Obi-Wan knew. And, and right. you know, so, so I would say that's like not completely false. No, no, I'm not, I'm not saying that it was a, that was a movie making error. I think that was a character judgment error. Yeah. Like he's being deceptive there, but I think he also right. might feel like that is a true statement in, in some way. Right. And that's how he might justify it to himself. Or what's that line? A possible, we look at it in a possible light, in a certain light or something like that. Yeah. Like he, he's spinning it in his mind to, to be the way that he can accept it. Um, but like he's I mean we we know he's outright just lying to Luke at that point. But there are other things where like when he meets R2, he's just like, Hello there, and doesn't like the way that he says it, it seems like he doesn't know R2 and C3PO, but he right. like spent a long ass time with them <laughs> in the prequel trilogy. <laughs> like they're very good friends. Yeah, but also they don't seem to respect the droids at all in that universe. So not too surprising that they would be like, not really care too much. I don't know. You know what I mean? That makes sense. I disagree with that because in that very movie in at the end of, of the first or episode four, a new hope Luke specifically is like, Oh no, this little R2 unit. I've been through a lot. Like I'm not going to train him out for a new one. He had an emotional connection to R2 after one movie. Right. Yeah, Luke does, but uh, yeah, I wonder... Obi-Wan spent three movies with him yeah. and an entire Clone Wars series. Yeah, that, that, that's true. Yeah, if you can consider the series... I, I mean, I agree with you. I, I'm, not, I'm not really pushing back too hard on this. Uh, 
but uh but i but i think that there is a certain level like different people in the universe seem to care about droids in different different levels like it and also there's a lot of r2 units out there and maybe some people are a little uh like ah, what it's whatever it's a droid like droids are droids no big deal and i don't know I don't, I don't, I don't have the deep knowledge on Obi-Wan to, to remember how much he talked to the droids in the first, the first movies, but I'm sure in the series, he talks to them plenty. There was also a bit in the first movie or in, in a new hope where, uh, he, like he said, you know, it's been a long time since I've heard my name when he's talking about being called Obi-Wan. He's like, I stopped going by that name since before you were born. It's like, mm, except you didn't <laughs> you watched him get born you were called obi-wan and then you took him to tatooine and then you probably changed your name yeah but you were still going by obi-wan yeah that's <laughs> like there's just a lot of inconsistencies yeah that's that's very frustrating <laughs> and it just seems like most of it is just obi-wan saying things that don't it is <laughs> it is that's the main thing is that like obi-wan is our uh, our exposition master our guy who tells us about all of these things that were in the past because he's super old oh no wait he's not actually super old he's like 57 but he looks like he's 70 in the movie beside the point you know tattooing ages you differently <laughs> i guess but like he's our he's our our conduit for this information from the past and he like everything that he's saying is just like blatantly wrong if you watch the prequel trilogy first and i'm not saying that it's it's necessarily the fault of a new hope it is absolutely 100% george lucas's fault for yeah. making the prequels not fit the information that right. was given in a new hope that is so frustrating. Like you wait for so long for that movie uh, and so many people love the original trilogy so much. And then you make a movie that doesn't follow the things you actually know are true from the other movie. It just doesn't. Yeah. It's bonkers. Okay. But like you said, yeah. uh, we've talked about it a lot. I think release order is still the best way. Yes, I agree. Is, 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 the, is the short answer to that. Um, and I, cause I, especially, I think a lot of people in this generation may not even know that, phrase or or like in this generation that is coming up may not know that old phrase when we were kids like in the 80s that that phrase was on everything yeah yeah it was luke i am your father which never occurs in the movie i mean it's an empire it's no i am your father yeah, i know i'm just saying never says luke i am your father which is what everyone says when they're uh, when they're aping it in various other pop media that well, yeah. phrase it's actually uh beam me up scotty was also never said in star trek yeah he always called him mr scott uh, uh he calls him scotty sometimes but that phrase uh like he would say scotty beam me up they said they said a lot of other things three to beam up stuff like that but they never actually said beam me up scotty that's like a that's like a completely uh made up pop culture reference that we all kind of agreed on but it just never actually happened it's just funny <laughs> how those things uh sort of become the thing and yeah just sort of the same 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 thing neat yeah all right jay sisson says jeff and matt i don't have a question as much as an observation we've been in the middle of the coronavirus pandemic for months now 
all the MCU content we were looking forward to all evaporated. Had the pandemic not thrown the world off its axis, we would have seen Black Widow long ago. We'd be in the middle of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and we'd have Eternals and WandaVision right around the corner. Way to bring us down, Jay. Yeah. Thanks. Really, really. Read the room, Jay. We needed a little pick-me-up. <laughs> Due to this, you all have had to keep a a show about the MCU going all this time with little to no news to discuss. A few days ago, I was catching up on the podcast and it hit me that you two did an entire episode in which you let off the news with the fact that the Eternals had been renamed Eternals. (laughs) Yep, that dawned on us too. Yep. Yep. The reason I bring this up is to memorialize this moment when our world comes back to center and we're bathing in fresh MCU content month after month. I never want the Stranded Panda community to forget this moment. The moment when the only news to talk about in this desert was simply the. (laughs) It'll make our arrival in the Oasis that much sweeter. Take care, fellas. Ah, That's a good way to look at it, Jay. uh, You brought us down, but you brought it back around and we appreciate it. It was real underhanded. (laughs) It's <laughs> like, like those backhanded compliments where it's just like, oh yeah, you're the prettiest person in the room. <laughs> that that's the best song. Prettiest girl in the room. In the whole wide room. In the whole wide room. <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> Gotta um, be in the top three. <clears throat> depending on the street. <laughs> when you're on the street. Depending on the street. Uh, if you guys don't know what that is it's a flight of the the concords most beautiful girl in the room and it's really good actually i think the video is directed by taiko atiti if i'm not mistaken is it that would make sense yeah well taiko atiti directed that whole show i believe no no uh, way i think so by the concords that's where he got his start dude i think no way yeah i think i may be wrong that's that's what I read or saw somewhere. Let's see. James Bobin? Bobin? Is creator? Jermaine Clement? Brett McKenzie? You know, yeah, the two. The two. Is he, is he not in there as a, as a director? Crew. He directed four episodes. Okay, well, it's only like seven episodes long. Or something like that. Uh, no, it's 22 episodes. Is it really? I thought it was yes. shorter. That's why I thought. He, that's why I was thinking he did the whole thing because I thought it was only like seven or eight episodes. He did two episodes of writing. Okay, huh. I knew. I knew that he worked on it, uh, and I thought it was. It, I thought it was one of those like shows that only has a few episodes, and that they like uh, they created over there in New Zealand, and that often only have like one or two directors, kind of like Spaced or something like that, what they did in Britain. But anyway, okay. Well, I'm I'm wrong. He did not direct the whole thing, but he directed four, four of twenty-two. That's not bad. <laughs> but <laughs> that's it is, okay. I it guess. is where you got to start, kind of, and I think that's really fun. And uh, I don't know if he directed that video. Then I thought he. I, I literally thought this was a shorter series. Oh, maybe maybe I've only seen the season one. Maybe that's what my problem is. Could be. That looks like the problem. I'm looking at it now, I I thought there was only one season. Well, never mind. I'm just straight up wrong about everything. <laughs> Go ahead and say that again. Say it under the mic. Uh, we'll clear. I still have the editing editing powers. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to make it harder on you. <laughs> All right. We got ourselves an email from Fuzz. Says, hi guys. I'm a massive fan of the show and the network. I listen to all the shows under the Stranded Panda network. Well, except for Star Trek. Not a fan of that show. I, I won't take offense to that. 
Star Wars is worse. <laughs> Season. <laughs> Speaking of friendly banter, he says, I love the friendly banter you guys share. <laughs> it reminds me of the conversations I have with my circle of friends when we talk about the MCU and just movies and movies in general. I'm a huge MCU fan and the passing of Chadwick Boseman, the king himself, has hit me hard. Thoughts and prayers for his family. Hashtag Wakanda forever. Remember the final battle sequence in Endgame when Doctor Strange points his one finger to convey to Tony Stark that this is that one in four million chance where they win? Well, what if he was referring to the previous scene where Captain Marvel was fighting Thanos and it looked like she almost got him and then Thanos takes the power stone and punches her into oblivion? What if Strange was referring to that Captain Marvel-Thanos altercation and was saying that, oh crap, that was our one in four million chance and we just lost it? What if Tony, understanding that they just lost their one chance, decides to give it his all to take the stones from Thanos and sacrifice himself? We all interpreted that Doctor Strange raising his finger meant that now is our one chance, which we see in the next scene as Tony taking the stones from Thanos. What if rather than Strange talking about the next scene, he was talking about the previous scene? This to me makes more sense as it gives Tony's action of sacrificing himself more weight as he would do anything to keep his family whole. He even says that multiple times in the film. So this was his last desperate attempt as he understood that everything else had just failed. Much love, Efaz. Mm. I still think he, uh, well, you know, it could be. And if that's the case, that would mean this is, this version is not one of the 14 million possibles that he watched. Uh, by the way, first off, thanks for writing in, Uh Really appreciate you um, listening to all those Stranded Panda shows. We're, we're working hard to make them. Um, but, uh, but as for, I, I don't think so, but it's possible. Um, the the thing is though i don't think it takes away from the weight of what tony is about to do for him to know that it uh that they're on the right track if that makes sense um cuz it still could change he's still good he's still choosing to die he's still choosing to sacrifice himself to make this happen and i i, I think and the thing is <laughs> the thing that's interesting about that whole one finger thing is that that is part of the one uh the one thing that needs to happen so like yeah. like w- whatever whatever other version that happened tony needed that finger of encouragement <laughs> oh can we can we make that like whenever whenever i play D again can we make finger of encouragement um my uh my like cantrip or something <laughs> yeah that's your bardic inspiration finger of encouragement <laughs> what do you think about uh, Faz's idea? Um, I, I feel like <laughs> I feel like pointing to Captain Marvel flying away and being like, "Well, there goes our one chance." <laughs> is kind of kind of shitty <laughs> and kind of discounts the rest of the Marvel universe being there to fight against Thanos's army. Um. I, I, I still feel like it's it's very much pointed at Tony as like, you know, this is the sequence of events that has to happen. And he says, he says earlier, like, you know, if I tell you, if I tell you how it happens, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Or like, if I tell you what happens, it doesn't happen. There, that's, uh, that's the thing. All these 14 million times he went through, 
like he tried things. It's him. He's probably the, the X factor in all those 14 million where he's trying different options. And the one that works is him walking, doing, doing his thing, disappearing, being ghosted, being brought back and then doing his, his one finger. That's his, that's his main contribution to the fight against Thanos, (laughs) which is pretty amazing. Again, playing is strange playing that weird role where he like, how do you win a battle? You die a bunch of times. How, <laughs> how do you contribute to taking down Thanos? You hold up a finger. <laughs> it's pretty great. Oh, sorry. I said 4 million over and over again. It is certainly 14. Yeah. That's what 14. he wrote. I don't know why I said four. Oh, I, th- I thought you said 14. Uh, I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. My bad. That's, that's worse. That's so many more millions. Yeah. It's a lot of millions. <laughs> 10 um, at least. I want to yeah, like, you think about think about the way that strange experience is that like that's very much the plot of uh edge of tomorrow <laughs> yeah right it's a t- it totally is basically learning a dance to uh to remember all the steps and and go through it and experience all of that over and over again and watch everyone die over and over again yeah oh it's crazy man but, you know, he's already done that, right? He's already sacrificed himself like that when he fought Dormammu. Yeah. And you think about, like, if he's remembering all of those op- versions of himself, like, his mind is much <laughs> older than he is, if that makes sense. Like, he's... Do you think that might drive him to madness? Ooh. Maybe a multiverse of it. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that version. Using multiverse as a... Uh, as a qualitative amount of madness <laughs> not just like a multiverse but like it's a whole multiverse of madness it's like sounds like uh dr strange is selling mattresses oh shit <laughs> matt i just had a great idea I, I i really enjoyed my joke and i don't appreciate that i got no response what's your idea i'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> This thing could fit a whole multiverse of madness in it. <laughs> and I'm, I'm mad doctor selling mattresses. Okay, anyway. So mad. Anyway. <laughs> we, we've kept talking about how WandaVision is going to lead into Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. And we've constantly been saying like, oh, House of M, House of M, House of M. It's all Wanda's fault. It's all Wanda's fault. What if it's not? What if she's who brings Doctor Strange back? What if Doctor Strange going through that 14,605 different scenarios of everyone's death gives him PTSD in some way? And he is like constantly dreaming of, oh, yes. What if he's dreaming of all of these different ways that people have died around him and like he's manifesting that universe around him? That's and she's the only one that can get inside his mind. That's a pretty dark idea. That would be a pretty horrific mm-hmm. kind of a horror type thing. Really close to New Mutants, honestly. Mm, kinda. I mean, they're both like some, yeah, don't want to spoil it, I guess. But yeah, like, um, kinda. Yeah, I mean, kind of similar in in that whole like... You know, the central character is making all the bad things happen based on, you know, fears. But yeah, but like, what if that does? What if because he experienced all of that and he's got to remember the dance, so to speak. He's got to remember all the steps that have to be gone through in order to make this happen. 
Hmm. So no. that, 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 it's, <laughs> they're not that many steps for him because he disappears shortly after he experiences it. <laughs> and then he uh, travels, he wake, he like comes back and gets teleported to the battle and holds up a finger. Uh, the whole fight with Thanos, he right. had to go through that over and over again. Yeah. He had to like on Titan and then he sat talking to Tony, got dusted, came back, showed up in Wakanda and had to go through that whole fight there. And he was fighting the whole time, but he also like held back the, the river or the, um, whatever the body of water, like he did a lot he went through a lot there and he, he would have been holding back that river and watching everyone die if he hadn't, you know, done all of the steps leading up to that. Right. And done it just right. Yeah. Right. If he hadn't done everything just right. So he was, he was doing that over and over again. I don't see evidence that he is there. He, he had madness in him at the end. He seems pretty in control, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's definitely a, uh, definitely there might be effects on him in the future. Yeah. So. I mean, I know what I'm, what I'm talking about is like kind of directly Iron Man three, but right. Well, just a hero having PTSD. Yeah. With, with Tony's reaction in Iron Man three, it was all very much me, 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 but like me, 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 <laughs> but strange watching everyone die. And then like maybe manifesting that around himself while he's sleeping, while he's dreaming. Yeah. That could that could well have some some consequences and be a real scary movie. Like I like that. Yeah, it's not it's it's not bad. I like it. Uh, well, guys, thank you so much for joining us on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Uh, we'll be back very soon. We're gonna drop uh we're gonna drop a the boys episode here in the feed in a couple days. Uh, yeah, that we have a um we've been we started covering the boys over on uh, Pandavision. So if you're watching that show, if you're a fan of the MCU cast, you probably like the superhero things and you're probably digging the boys. It's a great, uh, really, really great show. So uh, if you check us out, we're, we're covering the boys. Uh, they dropped their first three episodes. Um, so check out Pandavision. I'll drop it in the feed in a couple days too, so that you can, uh, you can check it out if you're just wanting to see, get a taste of it. Um, and yeah, we'll be back next week with more uh, Marvel. Hopefully there'll be some good news or some, some tasty, tasty Marvel morsels. Right? We're hoping. Yeah. Well, check out strandedpanda.com. We're over there. Got all the things. Uh, we'll be back soon. Uh, peace. Until next time, true believers. Mm-hmm.